Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris. And I'm Kelsey. And because in your last episode, you covered a disappearance, I decided that I'm going to cover a disappearance Yes. in this episode. Yes. Mine turns out quite a bit differently than yours, but it's also super short. So today is going to be a super short episode, but it's kind of a wild ride. Yeah, I'm sure it's a good one. So... My story starts out on August 31st, 1998. So I was less than six months old at this point. Yeah, way to set the scene. This happened in Rockhampton, Queensland, which is in Australia, if you did not know. I did know, but thank you. Okay, I did not. I had to look up (laughs) where Queensland was. So I was just hoping you were as dumb as me, but I know that's not the case. You thought. (laughs) So on August 31st, 1998 in Rockhampton, Queensland, Australia, Jennifer Ryan dropped off her 14-year-old daughter, Natasha Ryan, at school. However, at the end of the day, her daughter never returned home. This is the beginning of the nightmare that Jennifer Ryan and her husband, Robert Ryan, would be forced to endure over the next four years. How do you get lost in a school? I don't know. Never make it out. She's playing the best game of hide-and-go-seek ever. I really hope that's what this was. Please tell me that's what this was. Um, That is not <laughs> what this was. So I'll give you a hint. Okay. Later on in the story, there is a serial killer. Fun, fun. I bet you at least think you know where this is going now. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. The Ryans promptly reported their daughter missing, but police were slow to do anything about the disappearance of Natasha. A few months earlier, Natasha had run away with her 22-year-old boyfriend. She's 14. Her 22-year-old boyfriend, Scott Black. And the police suspected that this was just a runaway teen that would quickly be found or return home in a couple of days. So the police didn't really do anything because this teenager had a history of running away. So they just assumed 
eh, everything will be fine. She'll be back soon. Doesn't really surprise me. Seems like normal police work, (laughs) honestly. Scott Black was questioned by the police, and they determined that he did not know anything about Natasha's disappearance. So this is when the police investigation really took off, because now they know that the boyfriend has no idea where she's at, so now they're a little bit more concerned. So they start investigating Natasha's best friend. So I'm going to leave his name out of it, because he ended up being cleared of all this, and there's no reason to uh, put his name out there. It's easy enough to find if you really wanted to, but this guy was blamed for murder, and that definitely will tarnish your reputation. Even if you get cleared for it, the fact that they even suspected you is kind of scary, you know? Even if it's wrongful, it's like everybody's going to kind of associate that with you from now on. Mm-hmm. It just it becomes a part of your personality, or at least how people see you. And it honestly must be very terrifying, too, for the police to truly think you committed a crime that you did not. I bet. Yeah. You, like, you're worried about going to jail for the rest of your life for a crime you did not commit. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be sleeping much during that time. No, probably not. And... A lot of times, police will use interrogation tactics where they try to keep you awake so you become delirious, and that's one of the ways that they force out a bunch of like false confessions. Wow, is... I've never actually known that. Yeah, there's a certain amount of time that police can hold you if they don't have any evidence and you haven't confessed, so they will do everything in their power to get you to confess before that time limit runs out if they don't have enough evidence to hold you. They will keep you awake, keep you hungry. They'll do whatever they have to do. They'll give you a soda so that way when you throw away the can, they can get your DNA and run your DNA without your permission. There's a lot of things that cops will do. I'm just wondering what the legal limits are to this interrogation. Well, the most important thing is if you're ever being interrogated by the police, always ask for a lawyer. You have the right to remain silent. Use that until you have a lawyer in the room, even if you're innocent, just to be safe, because police will try. If they truly think that you did it, they will try to bully a confession out of you. I don't think that most false confessions are because police were trying to get a false confession. I think a lot of times police think that they have the right person and they're just trying to get them to crack. But there's been a number of times when people have confessed to crimes that they didn't commit just to get the cops to leave them alone. And that's pretty heartbreaking. It really is. Well, we got way off topic. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But back to our little story here. So Natasha's best friend became the top suspect in the case and was eventually arrested because they believed that her best friend actually committed her murder. But he ended up getting released when a local serial killer actually confessed to murdering Natasha. It makes you wonder, like, was it really them? Or were they just wanting to add somebody to their list of people that they've killed? (laughs) Well, around the time that Natasha went missing, three other girls had also gone missing. Local serial killer Leonard Frazier confessed to murdering Natasha and the three other girls. He even drew a map to Natasha's remains, but sadly they were never recovered. It was at that point that the Ryans had to face the fact that their daughter was most certainly gone, and they held a memorial for her on her 17th birthday in 2001. However, on April 11th, 2003, During Leonard Frazier's murder trial, police prosecutor Paul Rutledge announced that Leonard Frazier was not guilty of the murder of Natasha Ryan. I knew it. One of the interesting things that I came across while going over this case, and I didn't know really where to put this in because I only found one article claiming this, and it did not seem like a reputable source. So when I clicked to read this article about Natasha's best friend, who was originally blamed for her murder, there was an article about this person that said they actually had an encounter with Leonard Frazier, the serial killer, and that Leonard Frazier had actually drugged him and then let some other guy rape him in front of Natasha and Natasha was there right before she went missing. I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but the website that this was on, I only found this on one website and it seemed super sketchy. When you hit the back button to like go back to Google to look at other articles, it literally took you to their shop where they were selling a bunch of like really bad jewelry. And then I hit back again and it finally took me back to Google. And then I clicked on the article again and it just took me to their jewelry store. It wouldn't even show me the article again. Super sketchy website. And also, there's some things later on that do contradict that a bit, so I'll point that out when we get there. 
But okay. I just wanted to mention that that her best friend who was blamed for her murder does claim that he and Natasha, or at least according to this article, somebody could have completely made this article up. But according to that article, apparently him and Natasha both did have an encounter with Leonard Frazier. After Paul Rutledge announced that Leonard Frazier was not guilty of the murder of Natasha Ryan, Natasha's father, Robert, was obviously in shock at this information until he was informed that police had received a tip about Natasha's whereabouts and how they could contact her. They raided the home that she was said to have been at on April 10th, 2003, to find Natasha alive and hiding in a cupboard. What? In Scott Black's house. At this point, she had been missing for about four and a half years, and this was as the murder trial, her own murder trial, was going on. It's kind of impressive when you think about it. Yeah. So apparently... Scott Black and Natasha hadn't lived in the area the whole time. They had moved away for a little while because Scott had a milk delivery job, I guess, and then got moved back. So they had just moved back to the area when she was eventually found. It was quite a shock for the public having Natasha be found alive during the midst of her own murder trial. Yeah, because just think about the murder trials we've covered so far. Just imagine, like, one of them coming back during the trial. Yeah. She even went on to testify at her own murder trial. I don't think too many people can say that. She testified that she did not know and had never met Leonard Frazier. So that's what I was saying kind of contradicts what that article said about the friend So I don't know if she doesn't remember this encounter, but it seems like it'd be pretty hard to forget if it really happened the way that the friend, or at least the article pretending to be the friend, said it was. So yeah, that one article was super sketch, and I didn't really... Yeah, because why would you lie about that? Wait, why would the article lie about it, or the person? Like, why would she omit that detail? Oh, yeah, that she wouldn't have any reason to lie about it. That's why it seemed super weird to me. And it was the only article like that about the best friend. So I'm not saying that something didn't happen to him, but it seems like it may not have been with Leonard Frazier. Or if it was, then maybe Natasha wasn't there, like the article claimed. But again, I think the whole article was just trying to get clicks, honestly. (laughs) So Natasha went on to do an interview for 60 Minutes. And it's funny because it said that they scheduled the date of the interview to compete with, I think it was Big Brother Australia. So they were trying to take some of the viewers away from Big Brother Australia when it was premiering, but they kind of failed to do that. So the 60 Minutes episode brought in 1.7 million viewers and Big Brother that night brought in 2.2 million. What? No, so they hear the dead girl. It's interesting. Testify. It's interesting that they have that kind of strategy. That the media companies have that kind of strategy to try to take viewers away from the other. Like that's really funny to me. That's never... so funny to think about. Just like a bunch of people in a room sitting down and discussing that. How many? How many podcasts are trying to take like podcast listeners away from other podcasts? 
Probably none. We all just create something and then throw it up on the internet for someone <laughs> to hear. But these big media companies are like, we got to take away the viewers of Big Brother. And then they say that we don't have a real job. And then they, they failed at doing that anyway. <laughs> so it was said that Natasha was paid $120,000 for the appearance on 60 Minutes. Well, yeah, you got to get your dollar. The girl in the cupboard. That was another thing I read. A lot of articles were really playing into the girl in the cupboard aspect of it. But Natasha was not hiding in the cupboard all the time. It was only when people were over to see Scott. Most of the time, she just walked around the house freely, just with the curtains drawn. And it even said that they did go out on some night excursions, even going to the beach one time at night. Pretty bold for somebody who was missing for four and a half, five years. Well, sounds like she pulled it all off. So Scott Black was actually sentenced to three years in jail with two years suspended for telling the police that he did not know Natasha's whereabouts. Scott was also fined $1,000 for causing a false police investigation. A police prosecutor also noted the $120 payday Natasha got from 60 Minutes and cited that as evidence that Scott could pay back a large portion of the $151,000 that police had spent on the investigation. Oh, shit. However, a judge ruled that Scott did not have the means to pay back that much money, which makes sense, because if Natasha got the payday, they weren't married at this point. Natasha's money is not Scott's money. I mean, I guess they could go after Natasha for it, but how can you say that Scott should have to pay that money back because Natasha got 120 grand when Scott's not the one who got it. It's not his money to pay to the police department. Yeah. So a judge did rule that Scott did not have the means to pay back that much money, but he was fined $3,000 and was forced to pay back $16,000 of the cost of the investigation. I wish we could get all of our credit card can. Like, all of our credit card debt canceled just because, you know, we don't have the means. <laughs> so, in 2008, Natasha and Scott got married, and they made another media deal with Women's Day to give them the exclusive story of their wedding. So, Women's Day got all media rights to all of their wedding all of the stories before, during, and after the wedding. So was was this just for them to make a buck? Is that what it was? They ended up making some bucks. I don't think that's necessarily why Natasha ran away to begin with, but ended up getting them a couple nice paydays. So the wedding had strict security, and the guests were strictly screened and not allowed to take any photos, and the deal was said to be worth approximately $200,000. To this day, it seems that Scott and Natasha are still married, at least as far as April of 2023. And they have three children. Mind you, when she ran away, she was 14 and he was 22. That's so gross. Oh my God. Yeah, that's so interesting. I wonder if the laws are just different in Australia. How did he not go to jail with her being 14 and him being 22 the first time she ran away. I don't know. Because they said the first time was only a month prior to when she ran away the second time. But how crazy 
for your family to literally think you're dead. You've been murdered by a serial killer who confessed to it, and you're just chilling over at a buddy's house. That's just so crazy. I hate that so much. This had to be all over the news. Yeah, why do they put everyone through that? I mean, the guy is just gross, and like, did he convince her to do that? Was it her decision? Is he holding it over her? I have no idea. It just just seems like she just decided to run away. I guess I didn't. At least she didn't get got by a serial killer. I guess I was so caught up in the story of it, how there's a girl missing. Oh no, her best friend murdered her. No, actually, she was murdered by a serial killer. The serial killer confessed to murdering her. Oh no, during the trial, she's found alive. Like all that drama. I didn't even think to look for why she initially ran away. I was just so caught up in the story of it. Like it's a pretty short story, but there's so many things that happen there. The fact that like an actual serial killer was tied into the story is crazy. Think about if you're her parent, it's weird to just have a serial killer talking about her. Like, her name was in a serial killer's mouth. Yeah. Also, why did the serial killer confess even though they hadn't committed the crime? That's another weird one. Um, I feel like they just kind of uh, want a huge number of people that they've killed. So maybe they just throw in some that they didn't actually kill and disclaim them. But it's like, if you don't have the evidence to back it up, they're going to find you out. Like, that's so stupid. Yeah, that's just so weird. I would just be so exasperated if I thought that all of this had happened and then it was just so back and forth and then she was just hiding out at her boyfriend's house. Yeah, I guess the other weird part that I was going to point out is just the fact that the police happened to find her because of a tip from somebody as the murder trial was going on. I wonder who gave the tip. Who knew her whereabouts? I wonder if somebody just saw her out because you said she got kind of wild like she went to the beach one night. Maybe someone saw her at the beach. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. All right. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. So if you all enjoyed this episode and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you would like to support us beyond that, you can check out our Patreon if you want ad-free episodes. And be sure to give us a follow if you want to hear a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always... Be Be careful careful out out there. there.